Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast. Coming up on this episode... There have been zero Domino's pizzas delivered since Chelsea last made a signing. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. It's it's the predictions episode. It's here. And, and just like a piping hot pizza, we are ready to deliver hot quality content. Guys, pizza has been on the minds of many Chelsea fans this week after Domino's took shots at our club. How dare they? But if you're ordering a pizza right now, what are you ordering? I, th- I think we've had this conversation before. We have. No, uh, oh, you know oh, I remember the conversation. It was about toppings. Yeah. This is ordering a pizza, so it's, you can't make your own. You can, well, I mean, if like, if we're going for Domino's, and I, first of all, they're a rip-off anyway these days, but I'd go for um, a large margarita. Fair. And, oh. and, and I think I'd go for like a side of like, uh, chicken wings or something like that. Ooh, that's go on, go on, Chris. I'm I'm getting the app up because I haven't ordered in so long. I forgot what they sell. Uh, I would go Texas barbecue, nice. side of garlic bread. Nice, nice. I I might have to just go. Oh, actually, oh no, I don't like the sauce. American hot. Yeah, I'd go with that. Pepperoni, jalapenos. Yeah, I'd go with that. Or chicken feast. No, I'll go with the chicken feast, but I wouldn't have the sweet corn. I'm taking that far too to heart. Um, yeah, we don't need to go too depth into that. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> at the pizza pod. Right. <laughs> that is definitely got to be a thing. Surely we can. That's we'll get, a spin-off. That's we know, we know he's listening. We know he's listening. So Ollie can do us a new jingle for pizza. <laughs> there you go. There's your challenge for the week, Ollie. So, right. With that, we kick off the show, as always, with who is that former blue? And this, this former blue, he played 202 games for us. His biggest win for his national team came in 2010 when he scored in a 7-0 victory over Israel. And he's played with Federico Makeda, Thomas Vermaelen and Gary Cahill. Hmm. Now, from those facts, I'll be honest, I haven't a bloody clue. Difficult. So, I, The Makeda one is really one that's sort of um, throwing me off. Oh, oh. Interesting. Oh, not, oh, sorry, not that I know anyway, but I think the <laughs> one really, really is confusing me even more. Um, hum- humble brag there. You're like, I got it, but I'm going to wait. You know. Oh no, I, d- I definitely have not got a clue. I'm not going to be. I'm going to be honest. I, d- I don't know who it is, but Mc- I don't know who's played Makeda that's been at Chelsea. Oh, there we go. Wait till I, I, when I reveal those clubs because we do it that way. When I reveal the clubs that they've played at, first of all, you just go, "Wow, really?" But then you'll probably get it more. I'd say. Probably. Right, it's time to grab yourself. I, I did, sorry, I didn't even ask Chris if he had a clue. Do you have a clue? Oh. <laughs> oh okay. Let's move on. It's time. It's time to grab yourself a pepperoni feast from Pizza Hut as we check out the news that you may have missed. That's right. It's our weekly roundup. It's in the elevator of Chelsea news. Chelsea are in talks with Spezia over the transfer of Ethan Ampadu, believed to be a permanent deal. 
Chelsea have opened talks with Michael Edwards to convince the former sporting director of Liverpool to take a similar job at Stamford Bridge. Gabriel Salina is officially a blue. Wesley Fofana is doing things on social media. Aubameyang to the Blues seems highly likely. Aspilicueta surprised us all and signed a two-year deal. Chelsea are apparently considering Denzel Dumfries and Carl Walker-Peters for that right-back role. The Red V podcast adopted our Who Is That Former Blue segment into their show. And finally in the news, Domino's Pizza decided to take a shot at Chelsea on Twitter, which aged like a Jules Kunde episode. Yes, you know the episode. When uh, Chelsea actually went and announced two new signings. Now, before we have a chat about the news, there's no pizza talk now, it's done, it's done. But this week, Chelsea announced a £20 million deal for Aston Villa and 2022 under-19 Euros winner and member of the 2022 under-19 team of the tournament, Carney Chukwemeka. I got to speak to Neil from the well-known and loved For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast all about our new signing. Now it's time to introduce today's featured guest, a man some of you will remember all the way back from episode 43 uh, of our show. It's Neil from the For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Life is good. Uh, football season starting on Saturday. Yeah, what more could, what, what more could a man ask for? Uh, I completely agree. I mean, I, we were saying off air, I cannot believe it was that long ago. And we're hitting into the 200s now for our show. So it's like, <laughs> wow, 2020 was a long time ago. And I'm sure many will go, yeah, can we keep it there? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Look, I reached out to yourself to come back onto the show because we've had some Aston Villa transfer news. And that is Villa star Carney Chukwemeka. Uh, how did I do there with the pronunciation? <laughs> You did good. You did good. Oh. It's, it's still to this day, everybody around village is called some carny, so it's. Uh, I, I it's, can understand uh, yeah. that. I can understand that. I mean, well, Carney, he has spent six years at Villa. He's only had twelve months remaining on his current deal, with no intention, it seems, of signing an extension. And today, when we're recording, an agreement has been reached between Chelsea and Villa for his signing. Big fee, big fee for the lad. Twenty million. That's a a lot of money considering his age and profile. Uh, 12 Premier League appearances last season, two of those starts. So Chelsea fans are going to be chuffed that we beat Barcelona to this signing. But being, <laughs> being completely honest, we probably don't know too much about his true ability and talent. So, Neil, give us a quick breakdown on who Carney Chukwemeka is and why he has been so highly sought after by these top European clubs. Yeah, so can you join the Aston Villa setup from Northampton? Uh, as you mentioned, about six years ago, and immediately when he joined, there was uh, uh, like there was no real fanfare immediately when he joined. But uh, deep down, the club knew they had pulled off a bit of a coup with this one. He was only young, um, so what would he have been thirteen? But uh, uh, mm. twelve or thirteen. But the club knew club knew that they had pulled off a coup here because he was he was a much uh, much bigger, much stronger kid than than than, than all his peers at that stage. Um, really came to prominence in 2018, 2018, maybe 2019, Christian Perslow name-checked him in a uh, kind of a, a supporters uh, AGM piece that um, for the Villa, Villa Trust, um, I think it was, uh, where Christian Perslow, who had just come in and uh, uh, was uh, making himself known, I suppose, to the Trust after coming on board, um, 
and he name checked and he said, we've the best, we've the best 16 year old in the country. And there was Karen Chukwemeka. And a lot of people went, well, who, who's this guy? And then really kind of the clamor started of, uh, after that. But he is uh, really, really been really high, highly sought after, really, really, um, how would I say, uh, massive potential uh, has always been beside his name. And mm. um, obviously he made his, his Premier League debut when he was only, you know, a kid. And he was only just kind of 17 when he made his Premier League debut, debut for Aston Villa. I'm open to correction on that. I don't know exactly what age he was. Um, made, his, made his Premier League debut under, under uh, Dean Smith. And uh, once again, I was trying to reminisce with somebody there just before coming on. I think that just before, on his Premier League debut, I think he came on against Spurs and he cracked one off the post from a long-range shot. And we thought, oh my God, we've got an absolute worldie here. And from then on, you could see that he had glimpses of talent, uh, even at that, at that level, even at that age. So you guys are getting a really, really promising young, young uh, man. Um, he has just come back from the... Uh, from the Euros, you're under 19s, and he was to say that he was head and shoulders above absolutely every other player at the competition would even be an understatement. Um, he was a cheat code for for uh, England, and England obviously went on to win that that tournament. Uh, so uh, it really, I th- I think up until he went to the Euro, Euro under 19 championship, there was still trying to get him to sign. It was probably 60 40 in Villa's favour. Uh, mm. And I think that that kind of made, put him into the stratosphere. Um, obviously, he would have been on the radar of every single club in the world. But I think that they were looking at it going, what's his, what's his true potential? What's his true potential? And he just broke out of that tournament. Yeah. Um, after he came back from that tournament, there was no way in the world he was signing a contract. So from a talent point of view, and, and I'm purposely kind of, kind of jetting through a lot of things here because I'm going to go on the talent point of view. Uh, we, uh, and and uh, it's not sour grapes, but we will talk about some perceived um, negatives from the side of um, maybe how he moved from Northampton at such a young age to uh, to, to Villa, and then also how he's orchestrated the move from Villa as well. It's just it, it's not going to go down well at Villa, and Stephen Gerrard obviously has his nose out of joint, mm. uh, which may may which may satisfy some people, uh, they, they, like, uh, but it's, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's some of the numbers that he was looking for were wild. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw 100,000 a week. I don't yeah. know how accurate that is. I know. Um, we, I don't know how accurate it is either, but uh, we did hear numbers. We heard numbers previously that there was actually a, uh, a, a contract agreed in principle uh, somewhere in and around the 45 um a week mark now once again i don't know how true that is it's mm. look you know we everybody it's it's just tittle tattle even that for me would have been whoa this is a guy who's only 18 19 years of age last season he only played 300 plus minutes like he was 310 minutes is all he played for us last season you mentioned he played came on 12 games or played in 12 games started two but only played like 310 10 minutes or so uh for us yeah, because his debut against Brentford, um, I'm yes. former Villa player and Soccer Saturday legend, of course, Paul Merson, he said that it was like an outstanding debut and that he'll be an absolute star one day. He he was good. That was a dour game, but he was somebody who looked to get involved and he looked to get on the ball. And he put it this way, he didn't look out of place for a child. And, and, and he was only like 17, 18 at the time. I hope I'm not being... Um, derogatory by calling somebody a child at that age because he's put it this way i'm only about five foot eight uh, so <laughs> he's a lot taller than me and um, so to call him a child might be a bit might be a bit a bit of a stretch but 
he, that's one thing he has going for him. So a positive points in him for sure. His footballing ability is there. He's a fully grown man at that age. Like when he steps onto the field, um, you can see like he doesn't look like he's just come out of the academy. He looks mm. fully formed, physically fully formed. I mean, um, like you said about, obviously, he was part of that under-19 squad. And obviously, they won the Euros back in July this year. I mean, he was in the team of the tournament. Joint second-top yeah. scorer. I mean, that's, that's pretty something. Yeah, I think, I think he was player of the tournament as well. I, um, I'd be surprised if he wasn't because he was just so much better than everybody else at, at the tournament. He, he's, he's a, like, his ceiling is as high as, is as, high as anybody that... Uh, has come through the Villa Academy um, probably ever, you know, and mm. uh, I suppose we will say that he has come through the Academy, he's been there since he was like 12 or 13, um, and Villa have done a great job in building him up to the player that he is he is today. Um, like when he comes up, one thing I will say, and, and to be really honest about him, when he's on the field, and, and even before the contract thing, first thing I always noticed about him was very one-paced from a speed point of view. Like, mm. This languid is what I would kind of describe. He's one pace. He's, you know, the way sometimes when Pogba goes around the field, you're kind of going, come on, you can surely run faster <laughs> than that. Kind of kind of an attitude about him. Um, so I think he's going to be a number 10 or uh, a deep-lying eight more within, when he, as, he, as he matures because I don't think he's not going to be box-to-box anyway, for sure. He's, he's not the best tackler. Actually, I, I'm not even sure if I've ever seen him tackle in a senior game. Um, I'm sure he has, obviously. I'm being being facetious there when I say that, but um, he's he's very much his game is very much predicated on and trying to carry the ball forward. He's got very good feet. He likes to play play little um, triangles in around the box and in around midfield as well. Uh, so he's got good footballing IQ. And as I say, I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but if if like for all the stuff that you see about him and where he's been put up against all these other players, like other people have said this. Have said that they wouldn't be surprised to see if he was like in five years' time if people were talking about him like for instead of Jude Bellingham being in the midfield for England, mm. uh, you know, in five years' time, and, and and they're excited to have two young superstars, two young potential superstars. Obviously, yeah. Bellingham is that superstar, and actually, I think Bellingham has a lot to answer for because he's 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 meteoric rise, he's currently thinking, hmm, maybe maybe I'm yeah, as well. You know, I can see. I mean. Me. Interesting you say that because I, I look at obviously I th- I wonder if Chukwemeka's looked at the Chelsea situation with midfield and obviously we've got situation with contracts being run down Jorginho Engolo Kante and that and he's thought I could make a break into this first team in 2023 I, I wonder if he has actually thought you know what I've got a good chance here it's a big big ask of course but. Mm. The, the thing, the, yeah. So, so on that, the thing that pissed off. Excuse me, I don't know whether I could turn and and the podcast. You can go the right thing, ahead. <laughs> the thing that peed off Villa fans uh, very much so was from a good bit out. At, like I would say, even just before Stephen Gerrard joined, he started talking about. Oh, I don't know when I signed my contract. The pathway seems to be blocked for the to for the first team. Villa fans were scratching their head, going, "Hold on a minute." Uh, Jacob Ramsey has just blown onto the scene oh, yeah. and got into the midfield. Our midfield was was not good. We were playing two tens at some stage, and we had Emi Buendia. We hadn't even signed Philippe Coutinho at this stage, and we were, everybody was looking, going, "Man, what do you want about? You know, if you work hard in training, you could you could start every game, and you've already started a senior game for Aston Villa at Brentford." And it was after this he said, "My pathway could be blocked." 
And then after that, then he started complaining, I'm not getting enough minutes. But he was being brought on in games. And he's only a young guy, young kid. And, and, and I think it was very much after, I, I'm, I'm open again to correction on this, but we played against Man City and we lost 2-1 and we could very easily have drawn that game. And Chuck Omeka was put through, oh, I'd say about two minutes before the end. And he was very unlucky. He took a really good shot and Ederson saved it at almost point-blank range. And I think if he'd scored that, he would have gone on to, I think he'd still be at Aston Villa now. Um, because I think there was uh, there, there would have been uh, there would have been a, a bit more goodwill because very shortly after that he kind of said no I'm just not getting the minutes that I want at Aston Villa mm-hmm. and, and and you know it, it kind of called me old fashioned and and, and called most fan bases I think would have this kind of feeling to say hold on man you're 18 years of age you've made your first team debut for Aston Villa there's massive possibilities and there's no Barrier to pathway here. I don't know what you're talking about because of the injuries we had, and plus he was better than some. He's better than some of the players that we had last year anyway because they were walking on one leg a lot of our midfield for for most of the season. And the Villa fans were there. This isn't what we kind of want to hear coming from an 18 year old. It's clearly your agent that's talking here, and then it kind of soured it. It soured the relationships from early out, um, and. Then there was news that he was potentially going to sign again and he was going to be giving them a good club of willing to invest in him with a big contract. I don't know what the number was. I think I'm, I mentioned 45k a week there. I don't know if that's true at all, but I know it was a big number. I know, but it's still at that, uh, it then came out that the goalpost shifted and the, the club and the player were massively far apart in their valuations. And then things like 80, 90, 100k were coming out with what the player was asking for. Mm. And then I think at that stage, you're kind of going, okay, wait a minute. The goalposts are moving here from minutes to now money. So Stephen Gerrard kind of said, here's the, here's the deal that's on the table. Sign it or you have our, with our best wishes, we will sell you in, in the summer, but we're not yeah. going to let you run down your contract. And then uh, he didn't go to Australia. That. Didn't go to Australia and Gerrard said, pretty much straight out said, I think he's best sort of training with, with, training with his own age group back in, in Bodymore Heath. And at that stage, everybody went, yeah, Kearney's gone. You know, but they, we named our price at 20 million and it looks like you guys are going to pay it, whether it's in installments or add-ons or whatever. Um, but it looks like, I th- and that's why I think it's a win-win for both clubs. Because I think you guys, as you said, you need a succession plan in midfield. Yeah, exactly. and, and I'll be honest with you, you're signing one of the best under-19 players in Europe at the moment for 20 million. Like right. if, you don't, if you didn't sign him, as you said, Barca, AC Milan, probably... Yeah, of course, City yeah. Signed him. I mean, it's so, kind of one of them because... I hate to bring up the LA Dodgers reference because of Todd Burley owning uh, them, but they like to sign young talent and then create a superstar. And this kind of feels the same. I mean, we've been linked with the Brazilian wonder kid, Endrick. We don't obviously where that will go, but I, I think it's kind of a positive way of looking at it because we've certainly been purchasing our hit rate with some transfers that cost a lot of money for proven players. We're going to bring up Lukaku here. It's not been great. So that's why I'm sort of at the at the mindset of this is a good approach. Uh, talking of, obviously, youngsters, when you've had Villa produce some top-class players over over the years and the decades, and mm-hmm. I'll, end it, I'll end it with this question. From the likes of Jack Grealish, Gary Cahill, Gareth Barry, and even former Blue, Daniel Sturridge, uh, where would you rank Chukwemeka amongst those four? 
Oh, it's a hard one. That's a hard one because, as I say... Uh, They're all different I, players as well. I've picked different yeah, positions. And, and, and the, the, the reason that it's hard is... Uh, well, Sturridge will be at the bottom anyway, I think, number one, because for what he did last Aston Villa was little to nothing. Um, and it was all in rage. I would say, like, it's very difficult. Garrett Barry and, and Jack Grealish are obviously going to be massively up there. Gary mm. Cahill... Guy Cahill, nobody ever wanted to sell him other than Martin O'Neill got this notion that he needed five million from somewhere and we all know that panned out for you guys and not us. Um, but uh, From relegation say, battle to, with Bolton to a Champions League winning medal. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> Six there you months, go. wow. And we, we, I think if I'm not mistaken, we replaced Gary Cahill with that night. So, um, oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, wow, that's yeah. that's going back, isn't it? And, if, and I think that night scored two goals against against Chelsea on his debut. <laughs> yeah, that, days, yeah. So. I I don't remember this. I don't know if I want to. So, right with, with that though, I'm I want to say a huge thank you to you, Neil, could for coming back. Could on. I ask you one question? Could I ask Go you on. one question before? Of course. Um, there's a lot of tittle tattle going around the villa the villa boards about about this being a bit of a hey we wanted to get our money in quickly you guys needed to get the deal done for Carney Chukwueka and loan player deals are, loan players sorry not loan players player exchanges are pretty difficult in the Premier League of course Stephen Stephen Gerrard is a massive fan of Conor Gallagher um, do you would you would you think there's a possibility of Conor Gallagher going out because it seems to be it just just doesn't seem to want to go away from Conor Gallagher from Stephen Gerrard's love for Conor Gallagher and what he can do with the ball especially carrying it forward and he's obviously his goal threat. I think all the sounds from Thomas Tuchel. So I mean, it's clear that Todd Bowley is giving Thomas Tuchel free reign. It's his team. Build it how you wish. He wants to give Conor Gallagher a go in yeah. the team. I feel that because of that. And how impressive he was last season. Unless he has a, a horrific August, I think he will stay with the squad. You never yeah. know with Chelsea. There's always a surprise. I mean, I never expected. Uh, I think it was when Lukaku was under Mourinho and he was sent out on loan again after the club, not club World Cup, the Super Cup. It, that was a surprise. We're like, oh, OK. Thought he was going to stay again. But hey, mm. I'd be very surprised if we let him go. On loan, I think that this is his make, his season to make it, and hopefully he does. I mean, he's an absolute talented lad. He really, really is. Uh, sorry for that negative news for yourself. <laughs> Positive for Chelsea, but yeah. yeah, right. I appreciate you giving us some much needed insight on Carney Chukwemeka. No problem. Uh, let our listeners know, of course, what you've got going on and where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on the only podcast called. For the love of Paul McGrath podcast, I think I'm the only podcast where Paul McGrath's name, the great Paul McGrath, the the world's best ever defender, um, in the podcast, uh, you probably noticed that I'm Irish anyway, so I would say that. Uh, but you can find <laughs> me at at Love McGrath Pod. Uh, we're on YouTube. We're on all all good um all good uh, podcast providers. So I know we will be talking a bit more and more about Kearney and uh, should anything break with Conor Gallagher news if. As I say, it does go against all uh, odds or a Villa come up with a 40 or 50 million bid for him and you guys can't turn it down and he ends up signing. I'll be, I'll be giving you a shout to see if you wanted to pop on to give your view on, on Conor Gallagher as well. But thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, it was great to chat again. Once again, I want to thank Neil for speaking to us and sharing his insight on Carney Chukwemeka. Hopefully, we're all now caught up on the young lad and what we can look forward to in the coming seasons because he is part of our first-team squad as of we're recording today. It's been put out there. So, 
boys, news, news, news. What, what do you wish to talk about? Um, you mentioned Aubameyang and we spoke about it off air. Um, I would really take Aubameyang at Chelsea. I think it'd be a great option. I think how we play and want to play, I, I think it would be a really good acquisition actually for us. I know at a bad spell at Arsenal, um, the latter end of, of his Arsenal career, but he is a proven goal scorer in the Premier. He's done it before, and I, I think Tuchel really likes him. And I think we do need an out-and-out striker who's a goal scorer. And I think it'd be really good business if we got him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the enthusiasm for that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a problem with Aubameyang that there's a lot of reports about a bad attitude and the same people. Like, would I, would I be upset if we signed him? No, but I, I wouldn't push for it either. It, the one thing I don't understand is there were so many people who was opposed to signing Ronaldo because of his attitude in the dressing room. But those same people want Aubameyang, who's had more problems with teammates and coaches than Ronaldo ever has. So I don't really understand sometimes where people come from on that sort of thing. But my problem with Aubameyang is the fact that he just down tools at Arsenal when he felt like it. And I, I, I don't like... I don't like signing players who have done that before. Yeah, I can I can understand that point truly. Actually, I mean, when you look at his stats in the Premier League, anyway, when he first joined, um, it was ten in thirteen, and that he only had half a season, obviously, and then it was twenty two and thirty six, and he repeated the same numbers the following season, and then ten in twenty nine, four in fourteen before he left. So yeah, I can see the down tools thing, and it it, it don't it don't look good. I mean. But then again, you could say how many players down tools under a manager they didn't like at Chelsea. It's it's we we don't like to say it, but it's true. We've seen it. So yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those. I, I mean, with the news, I've got to say it because Chukwemeka is going to be talked about, and he's in the squad, so that's very interesting for me. I, I mean, are we not excited about this? I know, Chris, you felt a little bit mixed on this. I'm being polite. Um, I I like this guy. I think he's... I mean, I didn't know too much about him this week. That sounds so stupid now, put those two senses together. But he has got high talent, high ceiling. And if we're building like Todd Bowley built the LA Dodgers, go for young players and make them into superstars, he kind of fits the mould, right? Yeah, he does. He's a very talented player. I, I haven't got a problem with that side of it. I just don't... Again, it goes back to an attitude thing that it was it was the it was the Dominic Solanke situation at Chelsea. I, I didn't agree with him at the time when he was a youth team player and he was demanding fifty thousand pound a week when he'd done nothing and then he left and went to Liverpool and he's done the same at Villa who gave him his break and he had a fair number of first team appearances last year especially towards the end of the season Gerard was really trying to convince him to stay but demanding a hundred thousand pound a week on your first real professional contract is crazy so he's I, I like him as a player I think it's I think it's good business from us but he's got a long way to go to prove to me that he isn't all about money and he wants to have a successful football career the thing is he's actually going to be in the first team squad which I was I mean, when you pay that money, you could say, well, of course he is. But that it doesn't matter how much you pay for it. I mean, it's like, OK. 
What I don't understand about that, though, is he's left Villa because he wasn't getting first-team chances. He's going to get less first-team minutes in our team. Mm. Like I said, I've said this previously, with Kante and Jorginho's contract situation, one of them is going. If they don't go this summer, one of them's leaving on a free. I am convinced of it, but I don't know which one, and I'm not going to call it because I haven't a clue. It could be mm. both, but one of them will go, I think, and I think but, that's how he's looked at it and gone, I've got a chance here. Even so, though, our midfield is still pretty stacked. I mean, you've got Conor Gallagher, yeah. Loftus Street, mm. Barkley, Kutsic, um, Billy Gilmore still about. So, I mean, it's not like as if we're really thin on the ground for midfielders. I mean, it's a big move from him, um, and he does look a talented player, and he is quite attack-minded, which is good, but... It's, it's a big risk if I was him I'd, it's it's very risky but look he's a talent that's for sure and it's um, it'd be interesting to see if he does play much this season yeah I, I mean another thing I've got to mention it because it's brilliant Aspilicueta was in charge of informing Barcelona Xavi and basically of his decision to stay at Chelsea this afternoon Obviously, we're recording on Thursday. So I was like, <laughs> we just love to one-up Barcelona after all the time they've one-upped us this season well, it's not begun, and we're already bitter. But hey, we've got Aspilicueta for two more years. I uh, I might be moaning in about six months when he's put in a display where I'm like, oh, no, he's done his first ever six out of ten. No, uh, but we'll see. I don't get, I don't get with I don't get with the Aspilicueta deal. Is we're still being linked to right wing backs. I think that was before, wasn't it? Or was it? Have we heard much this afternoon? I haven't really been on my phone, but no, I mean, I think I think that's died down a bit now, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. there were some surprising still, ones. We can't, we can't sign another right wing back and keep Aspilicueta and sign Fafana. Surely, mm, that's where all these players play. No, no, you got a point. Well, hey, look, we made it, everyone. It's the episode that eighty-four percent of listeners note down as their highlight of the year it's more important to them than a birthday a wedding anniversary or even anything but it's the at at the bridge pod predictions extravaganza it's literally the same format as the last two seasons because i copied and pasted the categories over so uh here we go right premier league winner now i will start this myself (laughs) when it comes to these first few predictions i did do a premier league tail predictor by fop mob and tweeted it and I have to stand by my word on it, do I? Ah, bollocks. Um, I've put Liverpool. <laughs> I've changed my mind. I was like, no, Liverpool. Maybe because I just want to change and I'm sick of seeing City win it. Uh, wow, the air left the room then. I I think... Uh, I think it's going to be Man City and Liverpool top two. I think Man City will still win it this year. I think I, that'll be... I can see why you said Liverpool, especially looking at the Community Shield. But I, I don't think that's ever anything to go by, if I'm honest. I think Man City, with the squad that they've got with Pep, I just think we'll still just have enough. Do you know, OK, before I bring Chris in, the reason I've said Liverpool is because City sold pretty much their front line. And they've got a new way of playing. They're going to have to have a new way of playing because obviously Sterling's gone. Jesus has gone. You know, that's all I'm thinking. That's all I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, I've gone for Liverpool as well. So, and I think, similar to you, Mikey, I think a couple of things. I think Man City are going to massively focus on the Champions League ahead oh, of the Premier League. 
and I think they are going to take some time to adapt to playing with a fixed point centre forward. Mm. And as we've seen over the past few years, if you drop too many points at the start of the season, it's almost impossible to make up. And I think it could take City a while to get going. And adding to that then, they've got the break for the Winter World Cup. Probably not not long after they've fig- started to figure out how to play with Haaland. Then we're having the Winter World Cup break. And then they're coming back and they're almost starting again. So I think they could drop too many yeah. points to the title in that early stage of the season. Exactly. I was trying to think of the other attack. I think they've they've still got Mares. No one else left. But it's still a big chunk of their attack has changed and they're playing with a new type of forward. And I just thought, hmm, I'm, yeah. That's... But, but so are Liverpool, to be fair. I mean, Nunes is different to what Firmino is. Um, so they'll have to have time to adapt as well. True. They've, and you could say about Mane, but I don't know. It just, Mane's it, a big... Also... I think Mane will be a bigger miss to Liverpool than Sterling will be to Man City, or Jesus will be to Man City. It might be because, obviously, the dressing room. That's always... You have to take that into the account as well, I always feel. But, hey. Oh, also, because people have said before, if they hear typing, I'm just typing as we hear it, what the uh, other two lads say, because I last year had to go through all of the episode again to type it all out. So, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Right. Rest of the top six. And I'm hoping there's no Rob Green level kind of uh, predictions here. Because what was that about, Rob? You put Man United second. Chelsea aren't even in the top four. Come on. You're a legend. You're a Chelsea legend in Baku. We all remember. And you've done that. Come on. Oh, right. I've got City second, obviously. Chelsea in third. I know that's ambitious. Um, Spurs, Man United, then Arsenal. I know. And that's mad. It's because Spurs have improved and so have Arsenal. And now, but the top six is usually the same every season. I mean, it's this is one of those leagues that, oddly, you can predict the top six quite easily. And I'm going to, before I get hit on here because of Man United, why do I have United above Arsenal, apart from causing complete chaos? I, I like Ten Hag. That's it. His factor could be what takes them into an OK team over 38 games. Or they could tank. Who knows? Go on, guys. Right. I'm being controversial here. All right. I know where you're going to go. I've got a sense. Go on, Rob. Man City. <laughs> Liverpool second. Tottenham third. Oh. Arsenal fourth. Oh. Chelsea fifth. Oh, what's he done? Man U sixth. Oh. Yeah, we finished with Man United. Hey. Now, look, look. Obviously, <laughs> I don't want that to be the case. I want Chelsea to finish as high as possible. But I think Arsenal and Tottenham's recruitment is going to pay me to say it as being incredible this summer I think they've really improved I think Spurs is transfer business of keeping Kane and Son as well and having Conte I just think they're going to be really pushing the top two this season as much as that pains me to say and Arsenal I think Gabriel I can see Gazi, the logic I can see the Jay, logic Jesus is a really good sign I think Zinchenko is a very good sign as well and I do think Arteta is actually a really good manager I think he goes under the radar of that and I just think mm-hmm. at the minute Chelsea haven't really got um a philosophy and plan. It just seems like it's a bit all up in the air at the minute. Obviously, Bowley's still bedding in. He, you know, Tuckle's still finding his players and stuff like that. Whereas I think Conte and Arteta's philosophies and structures 
are far more ahead of where Chelsea is at the minute. And I just think they're going to finish above us this season. Hopefully I'm wrong, but never know. I can see the logic. I can see the logic. Go on, Chris. Can I just say before I say mine, though, that when we look back at this at the end of the season, people have to remember that not all the signings have been Exactly. Done. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. Time yeah. recording, it's the 4th of August. So, Because to be fair to be fair to you, Beth, I almost went with something really similar to yours. Mm. But I think if we can sign some of the players we're linked with, that would then change my thinking. But as we sit here today, I've got City in second, Tottenham in third, Chelsea fourth, yeah. Arsenal fifth, Ooh, and nice. United. So pretty much mine, but Arsenal and Chelsea the way around. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, I I kind of agree more with Chris here. I've got to say, the reason I put Chelsea third is because I am so ambitious and hoping that we do sign these players. But yeah, I can see the worry. There is a lot of concern with our position. It's amazing how we can be concerned, yet we already know it's probably going to be enough for top six, which for some clubs would be begging for that. You got their yeah. fans to be like, "Oh, top six easy, oh nice." Ah, oh, right. These teams are not going to be anywhere near the top six. So it's relegated. Oh, my word. I feel like the only person that's picked these particular three because I have seen one club in nearly everyone's bottom three and for some reason, I've not picked them. Right. Fulham, Leeds and Nottingham Forest. Two newly promoted teams go down. Why? Well, Fulham, for me, haven't done enough and their squad, for me, it's, it's too good for the Championship. But is it good enough for the Premier League? I don't know. That's a big question. And Nottingham, you know, Forest lost a lot of players and they signed a lot of unproven in the Premier League players. Lim- Lingard, he could be a clutch signing. As could He's a Dean good young Henderson. player as well. He's Lingard. an amazing up-and-coming talent. And he could, along with Dean Henderson, be solid choices. They really could. But I'm thinking back to when it was Villa. They did the same. And they stopped up thanks to goal line technology failing. <laughs> so that's why. And I think you bring in a lot of new players and it doesn't gel instantly. It, it doesn't. This isn't FIFA. Leeds, they were poor last season. They just survived. You know, they sold their two best players and they brought in players who I don't think are good enough to replace them. Plus, I look and go, where are the goals going to come from? I know you've got Bamford coming back and the new players, but I don't know. The only other team that I could see dropping into the bottom three could actually be Southampton. And I guess, of course, everyone's choice, Bournemouth. But I don't know. I just think Bournemouth won't go down. I have no bloody idea why. I just don't think they will. And I know when we look back, it will go, remember when you said that? Yep, they went down. Bottom. Record lowest points ever. At the moment, I just think, well, they've got six points against Chelsea. So that's a nice start already, cushion. (laughs) But yeah, you know what I mean. Go on, guys. Um, I'm, I'm actually going Bournemouth in mind. I've gone Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, and I've gone Leeds as well. So not too dissimilar to yours, but I've just gone Bournemouth instead. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Any reasoning behind those other two? Different? Um, I think Leeds, I'm not convinced by Jesse Marsh, to be honest. And I, I don't think their squad is actually Premier League level. I think they got quite lucky last year. Um, Nottingham Forest, for same reasons I agree with you. Um, and then Bournemouth... Fulham was a bit of a toss-up, but I just think Fulham have just made a few better signings than Bournemouth, so I just think they're in a bit of a stronger position, so I've gone with them. Chris? Well, I'll talk about Leeds later. 
I've got Fulham, Bournemouth, Southampton. Ooh. My reasoning is Fulham come up and go down. That's just what they do. Thank also, you. I don't I don't rate their manager at all. Um so I've I, I just don't think their squad's good enough. I they're gonna try the Mitrovic in the Premier League experiment again and I, I don't know why clubs are obsessed with doing that. Uh, Bournemouth, I'm pretty sure, haven't signed a single player yet. So, I don't know how uh, that... Hope- they've is. signed the brother of James Tavernier. Marcus, wow. I think. Sorry, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. A tweet popped up on my feed saying Mark Cucurella has been spotted in London. I wonder why he's there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think Bournemouth, again, they won't score enough goals. Dom Solanke is not a Premier League striker. And Southampton, they've got to go down eventually. Yeah, you I can see your logic. Can't keep doing what they do, selling their best players all the time. And I, I, I didn't think they was great last year. And I, I just think this could be the year that they go. Right. Bournemouth have signed Marcus Tavernier for £10 million from Borough. Joe Rothwell on a free from Blackburn. And Ryan Friedrichs from West Ham on a free. So I I'm, I'm, I can see Bournemouth absolutely going down bottom, but hey, I went I went I went to be different. So yeah, we'll see. Right, promoted. This is always interesting because you never know. I mean, I've gone Burnley, especially after I watched the first game of the season, which is slightly cheating. But wow, Vincent Company ball is a uh, that's something. I mean, they had the most possession that they've ever had in a game of football, which I found was completely different to their old style. Um, Watford, because hey, it's Watford, and there's always a surprise team. And I did write Borough, and then I crossed it out and put no, that's too easy. Millwall, go on, guys. Ooh. I know, I was like, Millwall, that'll do. Um, I've gone Burnley, um, I'm, I'm gonna go Blackburn, and then I'm going to go, I think Norwich will come back up again. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> like I, 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 I want, I want a random team to come up. Like I want someone like Luton to come up, but it would just be Norwich, Burnley, and then a random team. That's how it normally happens. Yeah, I've gone Burnley, Watford, and I've gone exactly the same as Mikey. I just picked someone at random because I thought, why not? So I've picked Coventry. Nice, Coventry. So, for the record, when I say random, I did watch. One week. That's all I've done. One week of the highlights. And I thought, Millwall look good. That'll do. <laughs> That'll do. One game. We've seen how teams... Look at Forest. Forest last season were in the bottom half. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they were like... Vroom! The trajectory they had. Wow. That, that's the thing with the Championship. It's really, really so hard to predict. It's Anything such a happen. beat yeah. for that. I've got to say it. Yeah. Right. The surprise team of the season, the AKA the Sheffield United Award. Can anyone truly be a surprise? That's what I'd put down first. I mean, I'm, I've, I've looked at the teams who you'd expect to be in the bottom half, but maybe a surprise is just staying till the end in a race for Europe, so to the final few days. I mean, because of that, I did originally say Villa to qualify for Europe somehow. And then I thought, no, 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 no. Looking at the rest of my predictions, I thought, that makes no sense. So I'm going to go with Crystal Palace to qualify for Europe somehow. Yeah. 
That's not a bad shout, actually. It's, it's, it's not yeah. awful, but it's... Yeah, we'll see. Somehow. I don't know how. Yeah. Um, I've gone quite obvious with this one. I think uh, I think Newcastle could really just surprise a few people. I think people are expecting them to do better than last year, but I think they might just push sort of to that West Ham level this year. And I think they may like, finish 7th or 8th, so I'm going to go Newcastle. This of all these predictions, I always look at the ones that I think I could be worried about sounding really stupid next year. This is the one which I think is go one of two ways: either I look like a genius or it's ridiculous. I think but I, I think this. I think Leeds are my surprise team. Okay. And my biggest, my biggest <laughs> minutes, right? I understand what you were saying about them selling their two best players. And they haven't really replaced them with the similar quality. Mm. But I think that'll be a better team. And I think their their squad has got talent in it. But I, I think under Bielsa, it was all... I didn't like the tactics at all. This, this man-marking thing was ridiculous and running the players into the ground so they always got burnt out and they were so open. I think mm. they'll be a more balanced team. Um, okay. And I liked actually what I seen from them last season. They wasn't always brilliant, but it is hard when a manager comes in halfway through the season. But I mm. think they could they could surprise. I'm not talking getting Europe, but like comfortably sort of top ten to twelve. Okay. Well, I cannot fair. wait for May when we do these petitions. <laughs> I'm, I'm happily typing that out. Oh, mine are always horrific. I mean, don't get me wrong, Mark Cucurella, and if he does join us, which, hey, looks like it's likely. Um, we've learnt that lesson, though. We've been stung here before when we've said these words, but I'm so chuffed about that last season. But, hey, disappointing team of the season. Uh, I don't even know if this counts anymore, but Leicester. This is their season where I fear they're going to tank. I mean, they're going to be close to the relegation battle than the battle for Europe. I mean, look, though, you know, looking at what pundits are saying, this could be handed over to Chelsea, especially Berth has put that out there. And he's right. He's got a point. But what would disappointing actually be for Chelsea? I mean, finishing top six would it wouldn't be considered shocking, considering at the time recording with our squad. If outside the top six, then, yeah, that's disappointing. Wow. But yeah, I'm going with Leicester. I'm going with Leicester. Um, I was going to pick Leicester, but then I thought someone else might pick it. So I've gone for Wolves. Um, simple fact is, I think everyone around them sort of has improved and bought well, but they haven't. They've sort of stayed quite stagnant in the uh, transfer market. They've bought a few players. Um, Nathan Collins is a good, good signing, but I don't think they've really improved that much. I'll tell and you I, what, when they get Batshuayi. Well, I mean, this is the thing, though. Is Batshuayi going to improve them? I don't think so. It's good depth, but I don't think he's, he's going to improve them that much. So... I, I just think they'll they'll fall down the pecking order this year, and I think they'll they'll be close to the bottom. They won't go down, but I think they'll finish about fifteenth or so this season. Okay. I think you two have got good solid picks there, and I've gone with someone who I don't know what would be disappointing for them aside from getting relegated. I don't know what would be disappointing, but. I think they had such a good season last season that this year I think they'll be a bit disappointing. And I've gone with Brentford. Oh, that's a good show. Yeah, I actually can really see that because the fact that they've lost one of their best players for free, Ericsson. He was amazing for them. Absolutely mm. outstanding. 
Mm. And people, I think people have forgot that they before they signed Ericsson, they'd lost like seven games in a row. So they weren't I... really... Oh, no, I don't remember. But now I'm thinking about it. They weren't... Yeah. That's interesting. Right. Top scorer. I mean, this is going to be another boring choice, but hey, it's the obvious name. It's West Ham's Gianluca Scamacca. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not serious. But hey, if that comes off, um, it, I've gone with most Salah. I know it's so boring, and I'm so sorry, but I think it's Salah again. Or no, was it Son last season? Yeah, it was Son because oh. he got assists. No, they, they uh, yeah. Shared. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. How nice, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Who have you got? Who have you got? Um, I've gone for Harold Kane. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And by the way, can I just put this one out there? I put someone on Facebook last night, and it's a real unpopular opinion, but I'm going to stand by this. And I feel like I've been really bigging up Spurs on this podcast, and I, I, I hate them. But do <laughs> hell? Right, I do hate. I do hate them. But here's my unpopular opinion: Harry Kane. He's a better footballer than Wayne Rooney. Mm-hmm. One of them scored from the halfway line twice in his career, I think. Was it three? Now, there's something that Rooney can do that Harry Kane can't, other than scoring from the halfway line. Uh, grow a beard. That's quite impressive. He's like a Roy Keane beard, isn't it? It's like... It's like oh. Yeah, but Harry Kane can grow a bit of facial hair. Not much, but he can grow a bit. Mm. I, di- I don't remember if there was something during lockdown, I can imagine. But... Mm. They are similar. They are similar players. Uh, I, I, I think, think Harry Kane's I better. Think I think Rooney's probably more naturally talented than Harry Kane. But Harry Kane reminds me of one of them players where he's really had to work hard to get the best out of like the ability that he does have, and that's what he's done, which I respect mm. a lot. But I oh, think yeah, Rooney is more naturally talented. Yeah. Mm. I, I, yeah, I remember when Rooney burst onto the scene against Everton. Against Everton. What? Against Arsenal. Oh, what a goal. Right. Get. W- Sorry, we've gone off. Right, Sorry, Chris, give a tangent. Who are you, who are you about to, to say, top scorer? Uh, I mean, it probably will end up being someone like Salah or Kane again, which is boring. So I've, I've, gone, I've gone away from them too, just because why not? So I've gone Timo Werner. I haven't really. <laughs> I, don't think, with... I don't think you'll be at the club, to be fair. <laughs> he might be top scorer somewhere. Yeah. Um, I've gone Gabby Jesus. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I can see your point. Could be like when they had Aubameyang, to be fair. Mm. A, lot of teams, a lot of teams don't sit deep against Arsenal, so I think their strikers do get more chances. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, it's if I was playing FPL this season, he'd probably be in my team as well. But... Mm. <sighs> Right. Okay. Best new signing. I'm not going to go first because that's greedy. Right. Berth. Go on. Ah, see, I. <laughs> it's funny Chris should just say that. I think Gabriel Jesus would probably be the best signing. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's it's a bit of a steal. It was either him or Sterling, to be honest. Um, mm. But I, I think Gabriel Jesus would be really good in the Arsenal team. Obviously, he knows Arteta, so I, I just think it's such a perfect fit for Arsenal and him. And I, I just don't see him not succeeding. I just think he'll get a lot of goals this season. Yeah. I, I mean, for the context, best new signing, there's never ever one perfect best new signing, unless something happens ridiculously. So if as long as they've done and improved their team and been 
you know, you're talking about them at the end of the season of having a good, great season. I think that kind of constitutes a good answer. So with that, I've gone Crystal Palace way and I've gone Chick Check Decore. And he was signed from Lens for around 20 million, I, I roughly found out. And from what I've seen, you know, time in, in France, obviously, you know, recently in pre-season, he kind of has that skill set that he could succeed in this league for certain. I mean, he can break the lines, he can dribble, he can defend. He could be the signing that we talk about next summer linked with a move to a top four side or a huge club in Europe. That's how I sort of see it. That's my Mark Cucurella Mark version two. So, go on. I'm I'm ambitious, but hey, I've got to I've got to keep that theme going. Go on, Chris. I've gone uh, not overly obvious and away from attacking players. I've gone this year, so I've gone with Kula Bali. Nice. Yeah. I think he'll have an outstanding season for us. And I think this time next year, we'll be talking about him uh, the same way we talk about Thiago Silva. You know, I've got to say this. I did write down Kulabali and literally write out, I, did, I mean this, I put, he will make it so that we were thinking, why were we ever worried about letting Rudiger go? And then I thought, nah, it's too easy. Because I thought defenders never get that accolade of what, I mean, Van Dijk did and Diaz, but it's very rare that people go, oh, defenders, yeah, amazing. They were best. It's so rare. That's why I thought, mm, I'll move towards more midfield. So, but that is a top shout. Mm. It, it really is. And I back that 100%. I think all three of us, okay, you two guys, you've, you've smashed it with your signings. For me, I've definitely gone very Mark Cucurella. So, hey, it worked out last season. If it's true, ex- maybe expect Decore to come into Chelsea next summer. You never know. Um, worst signing. Chris, go on. You're up first. Richarlison. Yeah, I can see that. I can see it. I don't see, mainly because, I mean, I don't like him. I, I made that clear when we was linked with him. I don't, I think <laughs> he's incredibly overrated. He's not a bad player. I just think he's overrated. But mainly the reason why I've gone for him as worth signing is I don't see how he plays in their team because they've got Kane, they've got Son, and they've got Kulisevsky, who was really good since he came in last January. I just don't see where he plays. I don't think he'll get enough minutes to be £60 million worth. I mean, it was a lot of money, but I get, I do understand why, because they need a backup for Kane and that's someone who's going to be willing to sort of be that role. Uh, yeah. Got Berth, who have you got? Um, I've gone for um, Skamaka from West Ham. I, yeah, I can see it. You're thinking um, it's going to be like... Yeah, it's just... It's got flop. Yeah, it's got flop written all over it. I, I just strikers from Syria are always very, very. I don't want to say weak, but you know, they're sounds always hit like and miss. you've been uh, burnt before from a, a Syria striker, and I can't think of one we've signed. So no, definitely not. No, definitely, definitely not. not. <laughs> um, but I just, especially West Ham's signings of strikers in the past. I mean. I saw a stat that they've gone through like 52 strikers since like 2010 or something like that. And I just, I don't know, I just guarantee that I'll play Antonio for most of the season. He'll Skamaka will get about five goals. I can just see it happening. 
Right. For me, I feel it could be any of Leeds United signings. Literally any of them. Now, I would have said Evan, 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 Ivan Perisic or Lingard. But unless you're Winston Bogard or Alexis Sanchez for United, a free transfer is very rarely bad. It's, it's never seen as that's the worst deal ever. Especially considering you could say Lingard's contract is high wages, but it's one year. So it's like it's like a loan deal, effectively, one of them. But I've I've given the accolade to Brendan Aronson from Leeds. He costs thirty million. And since I feel Leeds will tank, I've gone with him. That's it. Nothing nothing too exciting. Right. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my feeling. We'll see. I'm like I said, Leeds could be one of us is going to be extremely spot on this season in this pod about Leeds. So that's one of us might not one of us yeah one of us won't be um player of the year go on who wants to take this uh I'll go with Son oh I'll go with Son yeah you think he's going to win PFA player of the year or one of the player of the year awards it doesn't matter which one I think Son is incredible I really think Son is oh god I'm praising Spurs again (laughs) oh I've I've got a feeling that someone I'm so sorry like Mm. I had this break and I've come back and it's just completely changed. Some, someone's been signed by Spurs, <laughs> I think, here. Someone's getting paid some sponsorship. I'm advertising. Yeah, right, yeah. Someone's a good player. I've just picked him. Don't oh, look into it too deeply. That's all I've gone for. I, I love how you've said Son because... No more, be... no more questions asked. No, no more questions I, I've, I've wrote down this and I'll quote it just because I've wrote it down, but this is going to be really fun. World Cup year. And in a good frame of mind, maybe this is Harry Kane's year. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's, I, let's not be too... I, I, right, I wrote a bit more. I put, but you would expect it's going to be a City or Liverpool player as they're going to win the title. And this is where I struggle. I don't want to be boring and say De Bruyne again. Mm. Ah, I'm standing by Harry Kane. <laughs> Go on, Chris. If it's a Spurs player, we need to just sign off. Yeah, just let's go now. <laughs> That's terrible. All the listeners will be pleased to know that I haven't picked a Spurs player. So I, I've I've gone along the same feeling that you had, Mikey, really. That, um, I think Liverpool are going to win the league, so I think Mo Salah will win player of the year. Yeah. Oh, thank He saved us. He saved us. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Right. Young talent. Now, this is a, this is a tough call here for me between Michael, Michael Elise of Palace because huge talent. And he will get vital minutes in the team. I am so sorry what I'm about to do here. But I really, really loved Jed Spence last season with Forest. Oh, my God. Oh, no. And and in an Antonio Conte system, I just think he could turn into, like, Victor Moses, into, like, one of the best wingbacks in, like, the game. So I've put put Jed Spence could easily eclipse what Moses was like. And the only issues in his game I saw were his defensive traits – which, as a wing-back, you get away with it a lot. I mean, Marcus Alonso is key to this. He's proven that you can get away with a lot when you play as a wing-back. I'm so sorry I've just done that. I know, this is dreadful. Go on, guys. Oh. Um, I'm going to go for Jacob Ramsey of Villa. <laughs> oh, yes, what a shout. Um, obviously, had a great season last year. I genuinely think if he has another really good season this year, um, maybe the World Cup's coming at the wrong time for him but I think if the World Cup was the next summer I genuinely think he'd be uh, he'd be vying for a place in it Right Chris I wonder how many people have checked their phone or whatever they listen to this on 
Do you see whether they've put on a Spurs podcast? Oh, Chris, please don't. Don't do this to me, Chris. Yeah, please at, don't at, say At the Lane Pod. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I again, I have not gone Spurs. Oh, um, my God. My this guy's carrying the pod on his back here. My young talent is Aaron Hickey at Brentford. Wow. He, oh, I was going to say he's injured. No, he's not. Sorry, he's not injured. He's not. No, he's... Uh, I was really impressed with what I seen of him in, in Serie A last year and he's mm. both footed play on the right and on the left he's good going forward he's good defensively he reminds me a lot actually of um, Andy Robertson or Kieran Tierney so I think he'll okay. he'll have a breakout year this year and I think he'll be a player who unless he gets injured obviously if he has yeah. a full season I think he'll be a player again who will be linked to a top team this Is- time next year is he Scottish by any chance? Because I don't know much about him, and I'm just thinking yeah, you've listed. Yeah, you've listed the two. Is he a left back as well? Yeah, he plays oh, on the left. Oh, I, right. I get it. I get it. He's wow, right he, footed though. If he's top, 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 top level, then wow, Scotland have got three top tier players all playing in the same position at the same time. Oh, that that must be like oh dear. Right. One to watch. I am so sorry. I, I've not picked um, No, no, no more Spurs <laughs> in this pod. I've done all my picks with them in. Um, I've gone for one to watch. Kiernan Dewsbury Hall from Leicester. I know they could, I've said, oh, but I really liked him last season. He's got a great name and he had a breakthrough around Christmas and he just flourished in that midfield. And, you know, he's got, he's got sharp technical ability. He covers every inch of the pitch. And if Madison does go, then I kind of expect this lad to step up and be the main man in that midfield. You know, I did write him as young talent, and then I saw he was like turning 24, and I thought, I can't get away with that. <laughs> so, yeah. And Gabby Bonahor would take him over Kovacic. Would he? Yep. Have you not seen no. that video? Never I, don't, that video. I don't watch talk sport much or listen well, to Well, there's a reason. I've just gave you a reason why not to watch <laughs> or <laughs> listen to Gabby Bonahor, um, because yeah, he picked Dewsbury Hall over Kovacic, which is unforgivable, I think. Um, yeah, Kovacic Co- Do- is a Champions look, League multiple look, winner. Dewsbury Hall is a fantastic player, and is, that is a great shout. Um, my one to watch is an interesting one. I've gone for Jack Grealish because cool. because first season he was okay. He didn't set the world alight. Didn't really get that many goals or assists. But Guardiola has this knack of making players better in their second season. Um, yeah. Bernardo Silva. Look at Cancelo. I do think Grish is going to be much better this season. And I think if he does and he performs to help people know he can, I do think he'll be unplayable at times this season. Fair. Go on, Chris. Uh, Mine I could have had for young player as well, actually, but I didn't. I've had him this way around instead. Uh, I've gone with Joe Galhart at Leeds. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Sort of had his breakout second half of last season uh, look, he's looked really good in their pre-season from things I've seen on social media about him anyway and mm. I, I just he looks he looks like he'll suit that team and he looks like he's got a bit of everything like he, he looks like a poacher but someone who can adapt and play outside the box which I know is this new modern way that people want strikers to play so mm. I think he, he'll he have a really good year this year and with Bamford being his main competition I think eventually he'll become their their starting striker I think that's a top shout I like it I do uh, 
The managers won't like this one, though. First Premier League manager to go and Watford went and spoilt it by getting relegated. So I had to pick between Ralph Hasenhutl and Steven Gerrard. I know. I did. I, went, I was like, oh, which one? I'm, go- I'm going with Ralph. I'm going with Ralph. Right. Why? I, I don't have one. I-, I mean, maybe Southampton can only score from set pieces and they'll be tank- tanking. I don't know because it's so difficult because you never know which club has a difficult start and then the ownership just go, emerge, panic button, we've got to get a new manager in. Could be anyone, really. Could even be your team. Mm. True. Ain't going to be Spurs, though, is it? Isn't going to be Conte? He's no, he'll He's probably staying, just resign. He? He'll just <laughs> resign or text someone going, thanks for the season, don't want you anymore. Sounds about right. Um, <laughs> I've, I'm going to go uh, Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I uh, just think Leicester are... Uh, I think Leicester are in a decline. They're real, in a real, real bu- uh, rebuilding stage. And I so just I think... One. Yeah. I just think that Rogers could really um, struggle start this season. I don't think he'll get much time, so no. I think it'll be him. Go on, Chris. I've gone Marco Silva at Fulham because I don't mm. think he's a Premier League manager, and I think that will show again. And I think newly promoted teams are very quick to sack their manager now because um, mm. they get worried about getting relegated by like October. So yeah. I think he'll go. I mean, Marco Silva will point to his CV and go, hey, look, Hall, I was a Premier League manager once. True. And I was yeah. really good. And then it went, oh, wait, and Everton. Of course, Everton. We all remember that controversial thing. And Watford. And Watford. I've yeah. never seen, with Marco Silva, I've never seen a manager get so much praise for taking a team down. <laughs> he, got, got, he got Hall relegated and everyone went, didn't he do a fantastic job? No, he didn't. <laughs> I say, you're right, you're right. I can't argue with it. You're spot on. Um, Champions League winner. Now, Man City, wait, we'll get to the semi-final and then lose yet again. But the winner will be PSG. And why? Because they always had defensive issues, but the signing of Nuno Mendes and Nordi Miquela, Miquela, one of those. I'm sorry, really bad with names. But for me, they've boosted that back line. They've got Renato Sanchez in as well. And under Gaultier, I feel it's going to be different this year. A different approach and attitude. We've seen that. Even Ramos looks fit and ready to go. I just thought, it's got to be their year, hasn't it? Um, no, I don't think it will be. <laughs> I, I just don't think it will be. Um, I think it's, all, again, it's almost like who goes up in the Championship. I think it's always a bit of a toss-up, really. I'm just going to pick a random name. I'm going to go Bayern Munich. Yeah, I can see. But you no, never know. No, I mean, real, we, no we've real never reason. Chelsea yeah. to win in. We didn't know Pete Chelsea to win it a couple of years ago. Yeah. It, well, it, last it, year. It's just a lottery, I think. Just it, something it, to yeah. Bayern Munich. Go on, Chris. Well, to be fair, Mikey, I like the fact that you had good, solid reasoning for picking pitch. And I liked it. Thank or, you. Look, Thank you. I just don't think they'll ever win it because their league's too weak. Yeah. Uh, I've picked Bayern Munich as well. But oh, we've got a double. To be honest, to be honest, to be honest, I just picked someone. I was a bit like Berth. I just picked someone because who knows? It, it's a yeah. knockout competition, isn't it? Yeah. Really that, anything you, it's, look, it's based on who you draw as well. Twenty, mm. Yeah, 20 years ago-ish. Yeah, it will be 20 years ago. Porto played Monaco. Now, no one would have called that final. No one was going to pick them two in the final, let alone get them to maybe the quarters. So, yeah. 
Right, random prediction. This is always fun. I've got a serious one, and that's Barcelona won't win a trophy this season. And I can already hear the good vibes from the listeners coming through on that one. So we're pouring a drink, toasting my take, and hoping with all hope on the planet that I am right, because wouldn't that be so sweet? But wildcard prediction, because I love it. Right, an animal will be seen entering the field of play somewhere in the world. It will go viral as everyone films it and shares it on TikTok, Tumblr, and and, and MySpace which will make its return to the internet. This animal, most likely a cat, will then be approached by Chelsea, who want to make them their new mascot. Barcelona will come in, hijack the move, but then realise they can't even pay their catering bill for the month. Now, if any single part of that comes true, (laughs) I'm never, (laughs) ever going to let anyone forget it. Ever. (laughs) But, but, yeah. So, go, please, MySpace, come on. Right, go on, guys. Um, my random prediction. This is always really a tough one. Um, you know what? I'm going to go for it. England are going to win the World Cup. Well, that is random. And you know what? If England win the World Cup, I will go on record now. I will get Mason Mount tattooed on me. Oh, it's a big one. Big, big one. And that's out there. He knows that's a safe bet because we're going out in the group. That's what <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? I'll, go, I'll take it one step further. If Chelsea either win the Premier League Champions League this year, I'll get Mason Mount tattooed on me as well. I don't think we're going to win the Champions League. Well, actually, mm, no, we're, we're probably not going to win the Premier League. We're ambitious, but we're, I don't think so. Sounds to me like Berth just wants the Mason Mount tattoo. Yeah, I got that feeling as well. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Mason Mount, I can think of worse people to have on me. I've got a Rey Mysterio tattoo on me. I mean, come on. Yes, fair. I, I'm, le- I'm learning about wrestlers this week. I've got random ones. I had Seth Rollins added to my uh, knowledge. Now Roman Reigns. And now Rey Mysterio. Look at me. Oh, surely, uh, every- surely yeah. everyone knows who Rey Mysterio is. Yeah, sure. I, I, he was on the front cover of a WWE game. That's about it. That's, That's true. That's yeah. true. And I've got him on my leg, which is what he's probably most, <laughs> well- <laughs> what he's most well known for. Fair enough. Right, Chris, come on. Uh, I've got two. I've got like a more serious type one and then a stupider one. I've got serious one is no team from the top six to win their first game after the World Cup finishes. Yeah, I I like that. I like it. I do. And then I've got a manager at some point during the winter will try and bring down a ball on the touchline and fall over. (laughs) But I, think, I, think, I think you've got to name the manager here. I, I think you've got to name him. Right. I'm going to say David Boyce. <laughs> oh, nice. I like it. Like it. I, I'm not naming the cat. Who's going to. There's oh, no, a name as well. You've got to name him. You've got to name the oh, cat. Well, I don't know. Felix? No, that's too easy, isn't it? There is, it depends where in the world this cat is. I, I don't know. I don't know where he's going to be. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. Right, that's going to be aging really great in about uh, eight months' time. So, yeah. Right, before we sign off, who is that former Blue? So, at the start, he played 202 games for us. His biggest win for his national team came in 2010 when he scored in a 7-0 victory over Israel. He's played with Makeda for Marlon and Gary Cahill. So, he played with Gary Cahill at Chelsea. He played with Makeda at Stuttgart and he played with Vermaelen at Roma. Oh, no, the Roma ones threw me. I thought I had it and then the Roma ones. Who did you think before I got a berth? Andre Schurler. 
it is not him. Mm. I don't know. I've wow. Oh, oh no. I If I said, I don't know if it's too soon to include this chap. Um, like some people go, oh, my heart. Yeah. No, no. Who is Stutt- it? Stuttgart, Roma. Chelsea. Oh, Stuttgart, okay. Roma, okay. Chelsea. Okay. I, th- I think I know who it is. Um, I will oh. now name his next club. I think I'm... Okay, is his next club a Spanish team? It might just be, yes. Yeah, I know it is. Go on, go on. Is it, is it Rudiger? We'll, we'll let him have that one, listeners. We will, we will. Uh, oh, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, we'll let him have that one. And I haven't got the app up, so I can't play the sound effect. But hey, nice one, Berth. He's just tied the score at the top with 11. Come on. Yes. Come on. Do away goals count or? (laughs) (laughs) Right. With that, we have come to the end of another episode of At The Bridge Pod. We'll We'll be back on Monday, though, to review our first victory of the season against Everton. Yes, victory. We're going to be positive podcast this season. Um... So, as always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at At The Bridge Pod. Uh, yeah, so till Monday, that is us signing off. <laughs>